0: Hi, I'm Gav, and I'm creatively bankrupt. Kevin isn't here this week, so it's just me, Chris. Hi. And Neth. Hey! There's not as much news this week as there was last week, so we're going to be taking some time this week to talk about the lore implications of the Afterlife shorts, specifically that relating to the major named lore characters that are uh, explored within those shorts. And uh, I'm still creatively bankrupt. Oh no, that's the problem, is that we give him complete creative control over the cuts for the show so he can cut whatever fuck he wants.
1: World of Warcraft meta. World of Warcraft meta. Go do Mechagon. 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 Meta. Go Mechagon. Meta. Go 's drug meta filter's 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 drug meta. Meta. meta achievement
0: how are you all this week with this creatively bankrupt uh voice
2: <laughs> you know what you- you've been worse you've been worse there's yeah, you-, you-, you have acted us <laughs> that was that was not as bad as that.
0: Hey, 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 hey. My Scottish was fucking point on. Was I here for that? No. I did an episode with Neth, I'm pretty certain, where... The last we, episode. Yes, where I did impressions of you and Kevin.
2: And I was laughing my head off. Yeah. because I, I, I gotta say, they were pretty fucking spot on. They
0: were spot on for you two as you were people. Uh, this is I one need- of the lost episodes where we forgot i forgot to send the episode off to kevin and it got deleted automatically i yep. need to hear this it doesn't
3: exist anymore i need to hear gav's chris
1: <laughs> i can give you my kevin oh yeah way. i can give you my kevin right now yeah uh very expensive computer parts very expensive computer parts meta, 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 meta achievement, meta, meta gaming meta achievement, very expensive computer parts I need a new phone
2: too much emotion emotion. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the last time you did it you were much more flat when you did it that like World
1: of Warcraft meta Mechagon I need to go do Mechagon I need to kill Kurei's Trog again meta Expensive phones. Expensive computer parts. I need to buy a new computer. I need a new phone. Meta. Spare parts. Mechagon. Shoes and keycaps. Shoes and keycaps.
3: Okay. (laughs) God damn it.
4: (sighs) Yes, I, just spilled,
1: back. I just spilled water on my very expensive <laughs> keyboard. Now I need to replace all the keycaps. Very loudly while on stream. <laughs> oh, love you, Kevin. Love you, buddy. Love, love you,
2: buddy. And you can't cut this out because it's after the intro. <laughs> yep.
0: Oh no, that's the problem, is that we give him complete creative control over the cuts for the show so he can cut whatever fuck he wants. <laughs> If he cuts this out, we, we, we revolt. Okay. If he cuts this out, we revolt.
4: Uh-huh.
0: Okay.
3: Viva la resistance. Viva la resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't I, actually listen to the show? I, he just cuts shit and then moves on. Yep, he does.
2: I, I was going to say, I think that's actually true.
3: Yeah, that is
0: pretty much true. I respect it because none of us has the ability or the want, or the desire to actually cut the show, so... Kevin kind of gets the final choice on that. Yep. I don't like listening to myself. That's the problem.
3: Yep. It doesn't bother me, and I
5: actually spent
0: some time
3: with Kevin. Like, I'll listen to myself when I'm recording something, so that I can, you know, hear it back whilst I'm doing it, but... I won't listen to myself, like, just because.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's like, I, I have trouble with it. Like, I don't really mind doing it. It's just, I'm not good at it. Because I cut one or two, I cut a couple of episodes for the show at one point,
2: and it didn't go great. Or you forget to upload them, and Kevin, then they vanish into the ether. Kevin <laughs> showed it at me the last time I, I did it a show.
3: I'm not yeah, well, I...
0: Well, I slammed I slammed all, like, three waveforms together and just called it a day. <laughs> and Kevin got real pissed off about that. I didn't put any post in it at all. It's just like, okay, merge the waveforms, cut off the bad portion, and we're done.
3: Yep, that's what I would have done. I think that's what I did do, and that's why he shouted at me.
0: Well, and then also, we were having trouble at that time with the recordings. Um... <laughs> yeah, he did. He 100% just did. Um, That's happened once. <laughs> um, so
3: that happen once. People who are listening to the show, Elby just said in chat somewhere Kevin just twitched and muttered, get back on topic. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, guys, I think we need to get back on topic here. Yeah, we're just roasting Kevin today. We <laughs> love you, buddy. <laughs>
2: Um, Oh my
0: god One of the times times we did the show And I tried to cut it for Kevin um, We had a massive issue With the waveforms and all of the files Were off by like a half second Against each other So I was having to go through the waveform And like cut chunks Of the show out of each Independent waveform out Because it wasn't even it wasn't just like Oh this waveform Chris Chris Chris, I was using the wrong mic I had to fix it Okay (laughs) I'm like, where did I go? Um, um, so it wasn't evenly distributed throughout the waveform. It wasn't like there was an extra like two seconds at the start of one person's and an extra second and a half at the one hour mark in another person's. No, it was like scattered through the waveform. So I spent six hours going through and doing minor cuts into each of the waveforms to patch the show together correctly. And it still turned out terribly.
3: So, Mal has a really good anniversary theme idea. Uh, the, the roast of Kevin.
2: Oh my let's not,
3: god. Let's not roast Kevin. The roast of Swinka.
2: I mean, to be fair, we kind of do that on the daily, so we don't really need to do it as an anniversary I mean, event.
3: I here's the thing <laughs> what we could actually do as an anniversary event is just get all of our friends and just roast Gav? No, and just get them to roast all of us. Have them roast Gav. I'm an easy target. It's okay. Hey, we're all pretty easy targets, man.
0: I mean, Chris. I mean... I was making a joke to- about you being very large, very tall.
3: Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. Making a joke. Ha-ha, I know, ha-ha, I got it, I got I know. it. I know. I know, I know. There's no affection or love here.
4: No, Shut no, up, no.
0: Mal. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so uh How has y'all's last two weeks been? Let's get back on topic. Actually, you know, ten minutes into the show. You know what? what?
5: Pretty good. Pretty good.
2: Good.
0: Neff, what you been up to?
2: Um, God, what have I been up to? Call of Duty, trying to get the Duty. battle pass finished off.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good luck and Godspeed.
2: I've only got eight levels left. How many uh, did you buy? A few. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there were a couple of skins that i really did want legitimately want and there was no way i was gonna get there otherwise so i bought a few um played some among us with all of you shitheads and yep. jumped on the hades bandwagon after watching you and Seth and Bill. and Bill, i was gonna say who else was playing it there was three of you um okay. and bill play it it Looked fun, and I am a fucking nerd for mythology, so I was—I very much was sold on it, and I've been having a blast with it. Yep, good.
0: Um, so you've jumped on the bandwagons, Chris. What have you been up to, my friend, sir?
3: Uh, I finally decided what I was going to main in Shadowlands on my US account. Woo! So I kept that out today.
2: So, so what, like what? Yesterday. Yesterday. What one? Greece.
0: Priest, yeah, it's got to be priest because that's the one you're trying to gear up. Which I'm like, why the fuck is he trying to gear up something a week and a half before the pre patch? Okay,
2: Gav. so that I, I can. That, but I was trying to get him to say it for our listeners. No,
0: no, no, no. That's so not how this
2: works. I'm I'm
3: gearing it up a little so that it's it's you know there's uh, less of a gearing curve when it comes to leveling. Yeah, that, that's what I figured. Um, are to replace
0: yeah. everything within the first
3: zone? No, no, no. My uh, my shaman on Europe, when I leveled through sh- on the beta, I didn't replace anything until I was uh, at least fifty-eight, fifty-nine. 59.
2: Okay, but what level gear was your shaman? My in?
3: shaman is kittied out to the fucking nines. His yeah, shaman is heroic plus heroic and mythic kind of stuff. Yeah. My shaman's kittied out to the fucking nines. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um,. um but yeah, so I, I capped up my priest. I mean, I'm fun with that. Uh, what else have been? Uh, I we've played some team team fight tactics. Yes, we did. That's we been fun. It's been you won your Enough. first. You won your first game. Yes, I did. What build were you using? It was Jewelist and
0: Duelist and Enlightened. I think maybe I don't I know think... or but Baller. Yeah. I don't know. It was uh, something. TFT's been a lot of fun. TFT. It's been, been a of entertaining of to spend some time playing games with Chris. That's Yay. the important part. Spending some
3: time and, playing some uh, games with my aw. friends. I don't trust any you fuckers because of Among Us, so there's that.
2: Did you trust us before Among Us? Uh, no,
3: because we've also played Secret Hitler together.
2: Exactly. So you can't blame Among Us.
0: See, okay, we just so I blame Secret Hitler. In. We need to get people in on Secret Hitler and more of the TFT game nights. Not TFT. Um... TTSS. TTS, TTS. God damn it! We need to get people into the TTS <laughs> nights. We need to do that again. So, uh, if anybody's interested in TTS nights, nice tabletop simulator nights, uh, doing some board games with the with the boys, uh, please give us a holler on the Discord, which is on the website. And holler because yeah. I love playing brothers. board games. Uh, last night, uh, and we've got a question in Twitch. Uh, last night, we were playing Among Us as a group of ten. <laughs> we had a full 10 for a couple of games at the end. We are nine players for eight, and nine players for a while. And then we ended up with a full 10 for a
3: couple. Dude, of games. I would love like a full 10 for secret Hitler. That'd be so good. I think eight's
0: the max on secret Hitler. Is it? That... I think eight is the max for secret Hitler. Either way, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it would definitely be uh super entertaining, but yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to get some TTS, TTS, uh, TTS stuff together with some people. Again, that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, Kevin is out today he has uh, he has got a some pressing matters that he is attending to outside of uh, video games it is nothing important um, but uh, he is just uh, he is out doing his thing so I have been playing Hades just a lot of Hades um <laughs> I believe I'm up to 48 hours played and the game came out like six days ago out of early
2: access oh wow really yeah.
0: Yeah, I I I finished the main story, and I now have the epilogue that I'm working through right now, and just all the grinding.
2: Yeah, I'm way behind you. I only just got the the book that um, Achilles with
0: you. Uh, oh, the book. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you've got a certain number of clears that you'll have to finish before you complete the main story. Yeah. Um, I've also been playing Among Us with you all, uh, periodically whenever we can get enough people together, because I really prefer playing it with, like, eight or nine people. Like, I like the more full-sized groups. Um, that's always much more fun. Yeah. And I've also been doing some Rudy 2D and Shooty with, uh, Neth and Danny, uh, Thickness, a friend of ours. Um, and Reville and duggle and uh thomas and some other folks uh just doing a lot of rudy point and shooty stuff uh, which is call of duty uh modern warfare of course um I played a little bit of team fight with chris and i think i played one or two games by myself also yes you did maybe you won one of the games by yourself by myself yeah by myself um and besides that um i have to get on to hearthstone in the next couple of days and do my five wins because i haven't been working this month so i haven't had breaks because i normally just played
2: oh yeah on breaks on your break
0: (laughs) yeah i do that on my break in my lunch i would just complete hearthstone on my break or lunch and i haven't been doing that so i haven't actually been playing much hearthstone lately which is weird yeah i know well that that was what i did just to kind of like turn my brain off at work was just play hearthstone because i could completely think about that um but if anybody knows anybody that's hiring in the houston area give me a holler
2: Booker boy up.
0: Uh, Yeah, that would be fantastic because I were pushing a month now, but at the same time, I have been taking care of my mother who has been staying with me for the last month because she was sick and some stuff happened. So she's been staying with me for a little while. So this kind of worked out. It gave me a chance to take care of her and like kind of focus on her. So um, that worked out a little bit, but uh, now we're getting to the point where I need to get to work again. (laughs) I need to get back to work. A month off makes me very nervous. <clears throat> uh, but yeah. Uh, besides that, that's really about it. Um, let's jump straight into our listener feedback portion. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have a whole lot going on. Uh, but of course, we are going to be shouting out our wonderful, the wonderful, wonderful people over at the Outcasts on Area Fifty Two Horde, uh, and the Shady Wish charity event that they are running. They still have four more, uh, four more nights that they'll be doing this um all that information is going to be in our uh in in our discord it's also in uh some other information that we're going to have for that uh there's also going to be some links in the show notes today like uh, like it's been for like the last month and a half um definitely give them a shout out give them go uh, take a look at them and chris has also put it into our twitch chat right there
3: uh, about shady wish uh chris i believe you've got a bumper to throw for shady wish again uh, yeah, the bumper will go in the recording. Uh, we'll we're gonna leave it out the Twitch for uh, we're stream the Twitch stream today. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll plug we'll... that at the end. Yeah, we'll plug yeah. that at the end of the Twitch, but we will but put it into the recording here and again again at the end.
5: Hey there, I'm Nick. On Nah for Short. My guild, the outcasts on Area 52, are planning to run a charity event that we're calling Shady Wish in honor of our guilty Shady, who sadly passed away in 2019. This is the second charity event the Outcasts have done, as we did the same for a guildie named Egon in 2016. His event, as some of you may remember, was called moose wish and raised over $6,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which was donated in his memory. Shady loved animals, and we felt it only appropriate that this event raise funds for a charity he would have loved to support. And so, we are carrying people through Heroic Nazoth to help bring attention to our fundraising efforts. Keep an eye out on r slash wow subreddit for the upcoming post with all the relevant information, and I hope to see you in there.
3: Um, in regards to Shady Whistle, they, are, they have currently raised, at the time of this recording, $2,590. And that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and all all that is going towards the uh, uh, Tampa humane, Bay society humane Society in Tampa Bay,
0: the Tampa Bay Humane Society. Which, um, as I've also been telling people, is that like even if you're not going to donate to Shady Wish and you're not interested in that, definitely support your local humane society. Support whatever uh, whatever shelter institution you all know of in your area. Uh, specifically, the Humane Society, because they do work so closely with animal control within those municipalities, within that area. Um, support your Humane Society, y'all. 100%.
3: 100%, agreed.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Humane Societies are active all over the world. Um, I'm I, Y'all have, what, the Royal Humane Society in the UK?
3: Uh, RSPCA.
0: Yeah, the Royal Humane Society, or Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Uh, that is a that's a cause near and dear to my heart, and I know there are SPCAs up in uh, Canada and all over the world. So, support your local.
3: Okay. Uh, the local one for me is actually the SSPCA, the Scottish one. The Scottish, yeah. Um. So
0: we've got some new stuff to go over. It's not a whole ton of stuff. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot thinner than last week's. Um, but, uh, right now, uh, the beta is currently in very much a tuning phase right now. Um, a lot of specs are being given very small, uh, tuning changes, kind of trying to make them a little bit more in line with each other from what I've been able to see. Is that
3: correct, Chris? Nath? Kinda, but what... Nath, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you agree with this, that the covenant abilities are still all all over the fucking place. Yes. 100% 100% they're still all over the place. Yes. Which makes okay. me very worried. Which makes me extremely fucking worried. Because this launches in... 30 days. 30 days.
4: What?
3: 31 days, give or take. 31 days this launches. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, it's all over the place. The Covenant <laughs> abilities are still... Ev- like, <laughs> some are still insanely good. Some are still absolutely fucking useless. Which means yeah. that we'll probably see a
0: point one or point two system trying to fix it probably a point one system it's we'll probably we see a point one that tries to fix it fails and then we'll get a new system in point two or point three
3: i mean we're literally just repeating uh bfa all as, over again we're, we're, no no not even bfa legion with legendaries and with the artifact weapons they're literally just repeating that all over again
0: well, no, I think it's going to be much closer to how BFA fucked everything up. It's like Azerite's the core function of this, and it's like, oh, Azerite sucks. Here, have essences. Essences kind of suck.
3: I uh, have corruption. Corruptions really suck. You're stuck <laughs> now, here's the thing. Until the end of the expansion. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's took them to like maybe a couple of months before BFA was supposed to end for them to actually balance shit out, which is really, really bad. Because yep. BFA in its current iteration actually not terrible except but if for the you fact have that corruption all your corruptions. absolutely necessary if, yes, see if, if you have all your corruptions and if you have all the shit you need to have, it actually feels really fun to play, which
0: which is really sad because I'm actually a pretty kitted out i'm I've got a bunch of mythic pieces and I've got uh, a bunch of like heroic raid gear and things like that, but I mean it's not like completely kitted out my frost page, but I can't get into mythics. I can't get into higher level mythics because I don't have corruption. corruption. I don't have corruption, and I don't have optimal essences.
3: I mean, if it's if it if that's the case for corruption and essences, yet they're saying, "Oh, but your covenant choice is not going to affect you to the point where you can't get into mythics." Have you been paying attention to your own beta? Hmm? That's happening in beta.
2: Yeah, in beta, it's like looking for this specific or must have blah, blah, blah.
0: So, um, yeah, it's making me kind of worried for what we're going to see in a month because, I mean, it'll be fine if I play from the beginning of Shadowlands all through Shadowlands. But (sighs) DFA was not friendly to somebody just coming back into the game at all in the slightest.
3: What I will what I will say. Shadowlands catch up mechanics seem to be really fucking good. All right. The renowned uh, catch up mechanics seems to be really good. Just catch up mechanics in general seem to be in place from launch.
4: Yeah,
0: and it seems like so much of the power is tied into the covenant ability. As long as you can catch up on the covenant ability, you'll theoretically be fine. But it's uh, like right now, it feels bad. It feels real bad coming back into the game because I can't do. It.
3: Well, the, the, the catch-up mechanics in regards to like just renowning in that, you the cap is gone. If you, so, every, so every time you miss a week, that cap disappears. So you can get—I think it's like you can get two renown per week or something like that. If you miss three weeks, you can just get six renown that week. As okay, far so as that's I am aware.
0: That so and that's a good system. I as long as that's like a universal system and not just like, Oh, your character needs to have been 120, well, 60 to have gotten this renowned cap, like banked up. Well, remember for
3: alts, you start getting renowned from 50 onwards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Immediately. You, yeah,
0: you can get renowned immediately. But <laughs> say I, say I quit. Say I quit before Shadowlands comes out and I don't have a character. Uh, yeah. No, you're, me. you're not going to, you're not going to get renowned until, until you actually hit cap. Yeah, so that's like super frustrating for somebody coming back to the game. That that kind those kind of systems always
3: frustrate me. Wait, well, hold on. Let me think about that actually cuz it, it, it's it's unlocked based on Isn't it going to work similar to the Azurite uh, the uh, the Azurite cap where it's, it's no like a a global weekly cap?
0: I have no idea.
4: Everyone so that's an unlock- interesting
0: thing. That's an interesting thing we need to probably look into. We need to look into that yeah because we do have a lot of people that are just recently coming back to the game and we may have more people that come like just out of our friend group and out of our people on our discord there's a lot of people that are coming back to the game i know mal just recently came back um I, we have I, we have some additional questions to ask people <laughs> yeah so we have questions we need to dig into there so that's definitely something we can yeah definitely it is look at. Mm-hmm. uh izzy and mal yeah those two specifically just recently are coming back to the game so um after some time off so yep. those are the kind of questions like what happens if say izzy or mal didn't come back in pre-patch and they came back four months into shadowlands where would their renowned cap be at that point yeah because that would be is, super is frustrating.
2: There a
3: yeah well there is a catch-up be... mechanism but as the catch-up mechanism um, time per character, on, or is it global? Time, yeah, time per character, or is it from the launch? Anything you miss, you will get that catch up. See, that's what like, we need to ask. That's a question we kind of need, need to, to ask. Find out. Yeah,
0: I think that would be a super pertinent question to ask. Um,
3: um, because if it, if if it's like the Azerite, um the, Azer- it's the Azerite power, it's going to be global. If it's but not, if it's like
0: Legion with artifact knowledge, it's going to be weekly and personal. Hmm. So that's that's a really pertinent question to kind of look into. I would hope they wouldn't make the same mistake they did with uh, artifact knowledge. Yeah. <clears> at <throat> the start, before they fixed it, but yeah. Um. So beyond that, there's just a lot of tuning passes going on in. In
3: uh, I've noticed there's more tuning passes going on on the PTR than there are going on in the the uh, beta, which is kind of frustrating yeah um also the ptr build that went up a couple of days ago was marked as a release candidate they put up another one it's no longer marked as release candidate (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah that's going to be real fun we're getting to
0: a point where they're coming down to the wire like a lot of us were assuming it was going to be two weeks of pre-patch because people hate the scourge invasion events they really hate scourge invasion events unlike See, me I, who loves it
2: i, I love it i,
0: I missed it, it the
2: first time because i wasn't playing at that point so i'm looking I, for to do it
0: i um, have so many haunted mementos
2: before we go on though mal made a valid point this is i've always been bewildered by how they do these mechanics it seems to me there's frequently a mixed message about play what you want have alts and systems are flexibility unfriendly and she's really like that's a very valid point like they they Promote the whole, play what you want. You can. You don't have to be tied to a certain thing. You can have alts. You can play what you want, play what you want. But at the, at the same time, they build systems that are like, oh, but you have to be this, or else you're there's, not going to actually get to play with anybody. There's I, a
0: very delicate balance is the problem.
3: No, no, I've said this many times from going from Legion to BFA and even going into Shadowlands. I am second them adding expansion-exclusive mechanics and systems that are built in specifically for that expansion that, disip- that, that disappear at the end of an expansion, why not just follow other MMOs that are pretty successful? Look at Final Fantasy fourteen. The amount of times, the amount of expansions that they've released that have just have a shit ton of good content.
2: Um, I legitimately cannot remember where I read the comment, but I read a comment from somebody saying that... Um, they didn't understand, and when I I agree with them, they didn't understand why they didn't just make the covenants purely cosmetic. So you pick your co- you pick your covenant based purely on the cosmetics of it. And the
3: cosmetics in the story, not even just so yeah, cosmetics. No,
2: but no, but that's what I mean. You pick but but for strictly non-gameplay reasons and then if you're a warlock, you automatically had this ability because it's the best ability for warlocks, and that's what warlocks are going to pick. And if you were...
3: I can you know answer I mean? that. I can answer that. Because Blizzard al- have always had this problem of if they design a system for whatever fucking reason, and garrisons is the br- bread and butter example of this, <laughs> it has to have player power associated with it for it to feel... What's the word they always use? Um Engaging. Gav is uh Gab is raising his hand.
0: Yes, I am, because I was trying to be polite and not yell over people. Um
3: so yes, you're correct about
0: that. I think that the optimal way to have done this was a make the covenants cosmetic only. So a bunch of cosmetic stuff and story-driven. But at the same time, do y'all remember the original Path of the Titans they announced back in Wrath?
3: Yes.
0: Path of the Titans.
3: If Which they had given us a mix and
0: match covenant system, where there are parts of it that are locked to certain parts of the storyline and things of that nature, you unlock and you build your own covenant, you build your connection to the Shadowlands.
4: Oh, I think that cool, would,
0: actually, I think that would have been a better system. You are the Mall Walker, and you are you are journeying the Shadowlands and gathering power to you know kind of combat this thing, combat this force. That is trying to destroy the Shadowlands and destroy all of creation. I think is, that would
3: have been a much better system. Sorry. Um. The thing is, the amount the amount of times that they've said um, in regards to the covenants and it being so tied into you choosing one one team to one group to ally with. If you play through the Shadowlands, that makes no fucking sense. You're allied with all of them. Mm-hmm. All of the
0: covenants are allied. That's why I'm saying, like, a choose-your-own-adventure, build-your-own, you know, custom-covenant skill tree would have been perfectly fine, because that would have allowed all of the min-maxers to do what they wanted to do with min-maxing which talents were best, which conduits were best, you know, all that kind of shit. And it also would have given the people who just want something flavorful the ability to go, I want to be a vampire, and you just take you just take fucking uh, Revendreth. You just take Revendreth talents the whole way through. I think that would have been a much more elegant the, system.
3: The thing and is, it would have given them a lot more knobs to turn. The community has came up with so many different ways that the Covenant system would have been beneficial to both people who were min-maxing and people who just want to be
2: that a specific vampire. thing,
3: a, a fucking vampire or or someone from the Fae. There's so many different community versions of the of the Covenant system that sounds and and looks so much better than what we're actually getting from Blizzard.
0: I, I'm going to tell you right now, the 1.0 change is going to be that. I'm, as I'm, yeah, calling it right now. The 1.0 change is going to be something like that. It's going to be something in that range. It's going to be something in that vein. I'm just saying. I'm just, just calling it right now.
3: I've, n- I don't understand because they they do this. They've done this so many times. They build a system that puts that takes so much development time to just. Drop more shit to put extra development time into it to fix the problems that the entire community has been talking about. The part of the problem is is that they're trying to
0: they're trying to make everyone happy and failing downwards every single time they're trying to make everybody happy. They're trying to go, oh, well, let's give us a compelling single player story because that's what the casual players want. But then at the same time, we also need to have these tied to a lot of power. So, you know, we're going to have this set up so that this one is going to, you know, be beneficial to this specific spec. And then the 1% players are just like, oh, this is the best one. This is what this is meta. This is what you have to go. And then the fucking, sp- the f- I'm not going to say it. I was going to say something very mean and Don't very rude. It. I'm not going to say anything. The, Morons in the community are following exactly what the meta says because they don't have an original thought in their Goddamn pea skulls. Yes. Because guess what? The one percent meta does not apply to you if you're not in the one percent. If you are yeah. not a mythic tier Raider, the meta doesn't fucking matter. If you yeah. are not a 20 key mythic plus, the meta doesn't matter. I, it's just it's incredibly frustrating to me because it's the just thing like, is, yeah, Resto can be perfectly fine. Holy can be perfectly fine in BFA. Resto and Holy can be perfectly fine in BFA. But people see, oh, well, they're not part of the meta groups. Oh, you, Resto Shaman and Holy Priest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not <laughs> no, I get the, it. they're not part of the Mythic Plus Key meta. So why would
3: I bother taking them? No, I, I 100% get it. No, no I, I get it. Like, I am a Resto Shaman. I feel that. I know this. I. I I experienced this. <laughs> you live this. I have lived that life. I know that. Um No, I get it. It's but, but the the thing is you can't just blame the meta because meta will always happen. The oh, problem yes. the Go ahead, go ahead. The the prop the problem is and I, I again I'll say I, I'll say it again, it comes down to Blizzard creating these expansion exclusive systems. That builds so much into player power that it forces a forces us, force, forces these specific metas. Why not just build us? Why not just not not build an expansive, exclusive system, and just give us more content that that we already have, like stuff that we've clearly like and and have been drawn to. So they have the data for that. They they know what what people engage with the most. So it's because we're on a
0: vertical progression path. This is because WoW is a vertical progression path rather than a lateral progression path. That's why. So as 14, though. We
3: don't get expansion exclusive systems. But the problem is,
0: is that WoW is using an older style of vertical, of vertical progression, where you have, where everything has to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, because that's what people want, because they think people want numbers to be bigger. And guess what? People do. People want to see their numbers bigger. But the problem is, is that the only ways they're trying to figure out how to cap that power is by uh, introducing systems that limit the power only to the content as it is live, rather than being universal power. Because when they do that, it just increases the overall power level, and then they have to continuously increase the overall power level just to catch up to it. That was the problem with uh, Mists, with Mists and Cataclysm. It introduced a shitload of power into the system. And that's why people go, oh, well, this and cadaver are so much fun to play because it increased. It just gave you a shitload of buttons and it gave you a shitload of power to use. But then you look back at Legion. Well, you had a shitload of legendaries. Guess what? Those legendaries got turned off. You had an artifact. That artifact got turned off. Feels So, bad, they, were to, so they were able to cap the power effectively. But the problem is that people keep complaining that they want to have that power again, so they keep having to increase the vertical progression. I I I still think that wow will never be a horizontal progression game. It will never be a lateral progression game just because of the way that it's set up. It is set up and this is you you increase your level and you increase your stats and you increase your damage or you increase your health or whatever. It'll never be a skill-based lateral progression. That's just me. Um, We do have a lot of comments in the Twitch channel right now. Yes. Um, so <laughs> War, War is specifically asking why would casual players care about the meta? Or is it casuals that are trying to go up a tier in the gameplay? No, it's not. Because you go and look at Icy Veins or you go and look at Elitist Jerks or I don't know if they even still exist. Or you I don't go even and know if they still exist. Or I don't even know if they still exist. But you go and look at those websites because you type in Frost Mage Talents in... In Google. And the first thing that pops up is a meta guide to doing mythic raids or heroic raids or something like that. And if you're a casual player, just doing like mythic five, mythic plus five, or something like that. That's the first thing you see. And people think, oh, well, this is the only thing I have to do. This is the same reason why casual like mythic plus tens, which I can do without corruption and non-optimal essences, I can still do fine and still do you know decent DPS. Um, they're like, oh, you need like XYZ greater IO score and you need to have this essence and you need to have that, cr- this amount of corruption or you don't get to play. Yep. It's just people gating things because they want it as easy as possible. And it's not just the player. Like the, this, is more is also bringing up some other stuff too, but it's not just the player like player skill has something to do with it. Yes. A hundred percent. There is a, there is an element of player skill involved, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, people just are looking. They're not looking for skill of the player. They are looking for gear and X Y Z thing that says that. Oh yes, I'm trustworthy and can do this. Well, Which, because
3: and the because gear is so easy to get, huh? it's not like an actual indicator of someone's skill.
2: And and the thing is too, for a lot of casual players, they don't have like a you know like we're lucky gab and i because we both now play casually that we have friends that we can play with that are playing whether they're at a higher level or not we can be like hey can we do let's do a mythic plus and we know we're going to get into the group because we have a f- group of friends to go with okay. a lot of casual players don't have that and so they're going through the looking for group system and if you don't fit Oh, okay. a very I, narrow. I'm, I'm going to yeah. inspect you. I'm going to look at what talent you've picked. I'm going to look at what covenant you have, and if you don't have what icy veins or whatever says that you should have, we're not taking you. And so then they're now not getting to do the stuff that they want to do, even as casuals, because they're being locked out by making an alternate choice. And
0: I, that actually makes me that actually makes me remember something that happened to Stone when he was working on his. Uh... Mythic world tour or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned it. Stone is well geared and has done a shitload of 15 pluses. He was getting rejected from 15 pluses because he was a resto shaman. Yep. He was getting rejected from a bunch of 15s, despite the fact that he's got really good gear. He's done almost all of these dungeons on 15 plus. He knows what he's doing, and he's a competent player. He was getting rejected from that. And Vil also brings it up. He's done 22s and he can't even get into 15s as a warrior because people are so married to the meta.
2: And that's why the meta is a problem. Like, people get so stuck on, oh, you have to follow the meta, you have to follow the meta, that it excludes people that shouldn't and wouldn't be excluded otherwise.
3: But that's, uh, but, yeah, but word that's not Bloods and Swallows players. But yeah, the the the, the meta is, isn't something, the the non one percenters take stuff that the one percenters do and create this meta that doesn't work for non one percenters. That's where the problem lies. Those were one of the problems. He's mentioning
0: the MDI, the Mythic Dungeon International Invitation,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is a Blizzard uh, sponsored showcase of the meta. And yep. people look at and whenever the MDI happens, you see people start going oh this is the meta from the mdi so i need rogue hunter shaman enhancement shaman because the top mdi group ran rogue hunter shaman
3: Add a wrestle druid and a prompt warrior and there you go there's the meta
0: yep so it's like yeah and it, it, it's it's intensely frustrating and yes it is very much a lot on the player but the tuning and the things that blizzard does to the specific classes also like affects the affects the the meta. So what we're saying war and war is specifically mentioned that the MDI people are crazy and they're far above anyone, anyone he knows. So yes, that's a hundred percent true. But the problem is is that people like more casual style players are looking at that going, oh well this is how they beat the meta. This is how they play. This is how they beat the meta. And then you also look at some of the tuning changes. And these tuning changes are based around these meta groups. Because, and this is something that Vil and I have argued about and mentioned. And Seth and I have also talked about this on numerous occasions. But it's like, Blizzard tunes to the 1% a lot of the time. Yep. They tune the game to the 1% which is detrimental to the rest of the player base, the another 99% of the player base that is more casual than the 1%, because they build these tuning changes into the game that benefit a very narrow slice of people that have a very narrow skill set. And then the rest of the players are left trying to figure out how how these puzzle pieces work together. And... They don't understand how the puzzle pieces work together specifically, so they just ape what they see. They just copy what they see. That's it. Monkey Um, see, monkey do. Yeah, basically. We've been on this for a while, so we're going to go ahead and it's been a really good conversation. Uh, Yeah! It's been a very good conversation, but let's go ahead and move on so we can get through this. Uh, we're about an hour into the show at this juncture. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Chris, I believe there's something with Heroes of the Storm going on right now?
3: Uh, yep, the fall event for Heroes of the Storm started a little bit ago uh, on the... Well, it started at the start of the month. Uh, we have the... <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit. But the Craft Wars. Uh, this patch also included a significant redesign for D.Va. And a significant redesign for Gaslow. The Gazlo redesign is actually one of the biggest redesigns we've seen from the heroes team. So, what's actually changing?
0: So um, I used to play a lot of Gazlo. I liked Rocket build Gazlo. So
3: he's well. He no longer uses mana.
0: Okay. So uh, he's, he's his on scrap? His, I'm assuming, right?
3: His scrap? His scrap is now his resource. Okay. Uh, his base health has been increased. His base health regen has been increased, yeah. um, and his base damage has been increased. Um, okay. His turrets are stronger. his laser no longer has a you know you know it had that weird channel. Mm-hmm. where
0: you had a, you uh, had a build up time for it yeah
3: yeah the the range the range of it has been increased, and the weird channel is now just kind of more of a pop okay uh Hislo is roughly the same. his, his talents Emporium. yeah, a lot of his talents uh, his entire first row. Brand new talents. Second roll, brand new talents.
2: Okay. Uh
3: level seven, they removed two, added two new ones. They've they're flat out gutted Gaslow. A lot of his talents are completely different now. Is
0: he um, still just a broken steam roll when he gets later in the game if he builds up enough stacks?
3: He's pretty steamroll even from early on at this point. Oh goodie. <laughs> he's so much faster. He's so much he's less of a He's less of a niche pick now, and he's just more of a yeah. You can play him in a lot of new map, a lot of maps now. I was just like womboing him. That was all. Um, the diva rework. She is now broken as old balls and should be banned in every single unranked draft and every Storm League match. Um, so they've really fucking buffed her up. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of talents again that got removed and just new ones thrown in there. Um, she's got a new ultimate micro missiles. Uh, so her, her um, what's it called? The 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 old big shot that used to be uh, one of her ultimates. That is now part of her. Uh, that is now part of her passive trait. When she's in pilot pilot mode, she just get, has that now. Okay. Um, uh, her new ultimate that replaced Big Shot is um, uh, micro missiles. Uh, after 0.3 seconds, you fire a stream of 12 missiles in a target direction. Upon impact, each missile deals a small amount of damage and slows in the area. And you can hold two charges of this with a 20 second cooldown.
2: Yeah, Seth, Chris likes his dead game.
3: Seth so. uh, is asking you. if we're still talking about this dead game. And yes, we are. I hate all of you. Um, in regards to just general updates, the Nexus anomaly that we have is the Gladiator's medallion for people who play World of Warcraft. They'll be very, very familiar with that. It is your PVP trinkets for World of Warcraft. Um, it's now part of Heroes. It will show up in every match on every hero in the level in the six extra action bar slot for number six. It's. Literally what it says on the 10 makes you unstoppable for one second, as a three 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 hundred second cooldown. Um Deathwing and Gaul don't have them because Deathwing is unstoppable and Gol is just Cho. part of Cho Gaul. Yeah. Cho okay. <laughs> um and well Cho has one, but Gaul doesn't. Okay. Uh and all three of the Lost Vikings will gain the effect when it's activated. Okay. Uh and they've got rid of the Brawl mode and just changed it to Aram.
0: So oh, the it's now brawls just generic. It
3: was like the scenario shit every week. Well, the brawls where it was pretty much just rot- a rotating ARAM every week. So now it's just ARAM where you have access to all four maps every- whenever you queue. Um, there's no additional objective, uh, so it's just normal ARAM, just straight down the middle, destroy the core. Um, unlike the heroes brawl, there's no dedicated weekly chest for it. Uh, instead, uh, ARAM games will now contribute towards your daily quests and special event quest progression. I'm happy with that. I like that. And we got a lot of... we got a crap ton of new skins. Uh, The King of Blades Arthas, which is a Kerrigan-Arthas mashup. Um, Draenei Executor Artanis. uh, Emperor of the Dominion Anduin. Anduin. Uh, we got a, ne- a Necropolis May, which is very cool. And uh, Mineral Harvester Gazlo. also kind of super cool.
0: I'm assuming uh, Gazlo has an SCV on his head. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I'm assuming it's actually Anduin Mix.
3: It's uh, it's Anduin, uh, yeah, Anduin Mix.
1: That's ridiculous, okay.
3: I, I, I will say some of the best skins that Heroes of the Storm does is when it's... When it's cross universe skins, I love it when they take some like someone from one of the IPs and just creates them in, in one of the others. I think it's a fantastic. Uh, I think it's always it's always their best skins. All right, uh, That is uh,
0: Craft Wars the fall event for Heroes of the Storm? Yay yeah um so real quick uh for those of you who are into the rudy Judy, point and 2d point rudy 2d point and shooty gameplay of call of duty modern warfare uh season Thank six you, dude. will be launching on september 29th so we'll be getting a whole new battle pass and a whole new set of operators and skins coming out for that um rumor has it that will be the last season of modern warfare so just letting y'all know that um, the other major thing that we wanted to talk about on this portion of the show so far was BlizzCon line
3: was announced.
2: Oh, that yeah. it, it, it's so cringy. I'm sorry.
3: It's such a bad name. I, just, I, I, I love BlizzCon dad jokes and puns.
2: Online. BlizzCon love, online. It just it's so fucking cringy. I
3: I love dad
0: jokes and puns and terrible wordplay. So I love it. It's BlizzCon line. Uh-huh. I hate. puns and dad uh, jokes puns are the lowest form of comedy yes they are and i love them um so we'll be getting an online blizzcon this year What blizzard has been affectionately referred to as blizzcon line um so far they haven't announced anything except for the date uh, the period of time it's gonna be happening it's gonna be happening february of 2021 um and they've also announced the events and contests that will be happening including some old favorites like the fan art and the cosplay contests Uh, We're going to have a link to that uh, Blizzard article uh, that posts on the Blizzard webpage about that in the show notes. Um, Besides that, we do have a couple of other bits of news from non-Blizzard sources. uh, real quick, we're just going to go ahead and jump through them. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, the early access, was originally scheduled to come out September 30th. It has now been delayed until the first week of October, uh, so it's a one-week delay uh, just to let them get a little bit of extra polish on the game and get everything done, which it it feels... When I first saw the news about that, I was like, oh, damn, it's going to get a delay like everything else, and then they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a week, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, this isn't Cyberpunk getting like an eight-month delay. All right, okay. Whew. whoo, Okay. <laughs> like cyberpunk was originally slated for like april or march or something like that of this year and then i got delayed like eight months <laughs> um other news uh beyond light which is the next destiny to expansion will be coming out november 10th as i've mentioned before the patrol zones they're getting rid of a lot of the uh, existing patrol zones which are planets um so if you are still enjoying Destiny 2 or there was some Destiny 2 stuff that you wanted to finish but never did, now is the time to do it because you've got a little bit over a month. Um and we do actually have a question so what platform Cyberpunk is going to be on? It's going to be on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox uh Series ec- the Xbox Series Series S and X. <laughs> S and X um it'll be on PC and I believe
3: that's it. Yeah, it's not on Switch. Yeah, it's not on Switch. So. It's on
0: every, everything
3: but Switch, essentially. All
0: of the core consoles uh, but Switch, yes. Will it be cross-platform? Uh, we don't know anything about the multiplayer yet. Yeah.
3: There's, will, There will be multiplayer
0: eventually, yeah. but we don't know uh, We don't know anything about the multiplayer yet, so um, Yeah, so that's coming out um, So War, um, War is asking us in Twitch how demanding it's going to be for PCs. I think it's this is cd project red and cd project red does a really good job of getting their games set up so that it can run from toaster to really great so i have a 1660 super and an i3 in my computer like a 3 generation old i3 i am confident the game will run at bare minimum 720 at 60 frames butter smooth 720 i'm pretty certain i'll be able to get uh 1080 60 frames or close to 60 frames out of my shitbox PC. I am confident I should be able to. Um, if you have a fancy fucking everything, the game's gonna run gorgeously. Yep. The game is gonna be perfect. But I'm it's gonna be a lot like how The Witcher ran. So I had to downscale Witcher 3 when it came out originally. Yeah. I had to downscale Witcher 3 to 720 to get 60 frames a second, but the game still was very pretty and it still ran gorgeously. Um, with And that was on like a 1050 Ti. So, yeah. So take that as you will. Um, CD Projekt Red is really good about building their games so that they work on a variety of systems. They've had enough time to get this right. I can do it right guys um like i said beyond light will be coming out november 10th so if you have any old seals triumphs or things that you're aiming for now is the time to do it
4: mm-hmm.
0: um chris
3: um riots uh teamfight tactics released its newest season uh, the season of the fates uh it's introduced the new fate mechanic of chosen uh Randomly, one of your heroes on your uh, bottom bar will be marked as a Fated Chosen. It will increase one of their traits to two, so making, for example, a uh, Warlord trait be two instead of just one that you would get from from that normal hero uh, and automatically makes them a two-star, so it's pretty interesting and pretty strong. Uh, it's also introducing a good few new uh, traits including warlords uh which has a lot of new champions coming in like nidalee pike uh, katarina uh we've also got the new moonlight which is kind of ridiculous and will automatically level up someone so for example um the lowest level have, Moonlight character you have yep so if you have a two-star diana two-star lysandra and a one-star silas that one-star Silas at the start of combat will automatically become a two-star Silas for that for the rest of the combat. And that will happen every time at the start of combat. It's a pretty interesting mechanic. Yeah. Um, And we also got Cultist, which uh, Gav just loves. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of broken. It is kind of broken. Um, For every Cultist hero you have on the field, it will... At breakpoints uh, of three, six, and nine. Yeah, at breakpoints of three, six, and nine, you will summon a... Galio, uh, when your team hits fifty percent health, depending on how many kills you have, the Galio will increase in strength, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, it's, you can
0: it's, only it's, it, it's in some cases it's like getting twenty five kill streaks in Call of Duty and just calling down a nuke on people.
3: Yeah. Now the now. As a po- as a positive, there are only seven cultists in the game, so you have to make two cultist items for other hero for other champions to get the nine Galio. But it's still ridiculous. It's still ridiculously strong. Um, but this is also the first time we're seeing uh, people like Evelyn Pike and Elise in Teamfight Tactics as well. So it's nice that we're getting a nice rotation of new heroes and new traits. It's a lot of fun. I'm I'm, I'm very much enjoying Teamfight Tactics. Um. So there was a big Sony
0: conference last week, I believe on the 16th, Uh, right after we did our show, actually last week. Um, Yeah. A lot of shit got announced. Uh, One of which is Final Fantasy 16, which is going to be a PS5 exclusive, a Demon's Souls. You notice the S there. Demon's Mm -hmm. Souls uh, remake, which is also a PS5 exclusive, which still made me very sad because the original slide they showed had an asterisk on it saying that it would come to PC. Uh, it's not. That was a mistake. That made me very, very sad because I really wanted to play the game on PC, and I'm not buying a PS5 because I am not a console player. So, it makes me very sad I will not be getting to play that game anytime soon because Sony believes only in exclusives. Just bring it to PC, you cowards. You don't have to put it on fucking Xbox. Yeah. Don't have to go onto Xbox. You can keep your exclusivity Um, in...
3: Make it in eight months. Make it a PC game, also. You pieces did, of shit. Did you? So I'm assuming you've watched the Final Fantasy 16 trailer. I have not. Okay, uh, for anyone who has watched it and has also played Final Fantasy XIV, like Yoshi P is all over that thing. <laughs> like, if if you've played fourteen and you've watched that trailer, you're like, oh yeah, so this 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 is just fourteen on a better engine. Cool i'm okay with this <laughs> i i just you know what i really want you know what i really want
0: does well, anybody remember the tech demo that they did ooh, five years back showing off the engine that they ended up using for 15 uh it was something's leg. choice it was really gorgeous it was fantastic um i i i will find that thing and i will link that in a minute but it was just absolutely beautiful and it was like oh this was this was this doesn't look like final fantasy this 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 kind of looks like final fantasy but oh they have machine guns and oh oh god she just summoned bahamut what the fuck i want that game i i want that game yeah (laughs) yeah and seth knows what i'm talking about um yeah, I want that game so badly. I just, I want that game. I want to explore that favela, okay? I just want to explore that favela with a with a with a some with a Bahamut and a machine gun in my hand, okay? All I really want. That's all I really ever wanted in my life. Um, so there's also some other exclusives that are going to be coming out. I don't have all of them listed down because Demon's Souls was the one that mattered to me, and FF16 being an exclusive is another one that was really important to a lot of people. So um in other news immediately after their conference the next day uh, i believe it was the 17th uh ps5 pre-orders went live it was a disaster as expected yes yes it was it was an absolute unmitigated clusterfuck Um, but no one was surprised yeah i believe several of our people uh i believe most of our folks got their ps5 pre-orders I was we don't know pre-ordering if they're
2: act-
3: one. So.
0: I don't know if they're actually going to get their PS5s. But they got uh, a pre-order. They got their pre-orders. I don't know if they're actually going to get their systems. Yeah. Um, in other news, Xbox Series X pre-orders went live uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, and as predicted, it was an unmitigated disaster as well. Again, who was surprised? <laughs> not me. Um. Uh, we just have two more quick news stories, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some lore stuff that we wanted to. Yep. Um, Dougal go talk to some of the folks in channel because they might be able to help you. Because I'm pretty certain a couple of people may have gotten multiple pre-orders.
3: I know. I know at least a couple of people got two, and I think one person got three. Yeah. So Jesus I
0: would. Yes. Yeah, so I would talk to some of them once people start getting their confirmations that their orders are actually going to be fulfilled. Uh, and you might be able to work something out with some folks. Yep, just a heads up, buddy. Um, so two last news stories I wanted to talk about. Um, so ha, uh, Bethesda just got bought by Microsoft for seven point five billion dollars. Yeah, that happened. Bethesda and Zenimax, the parent company of Bethesda, were purchased by Microsoft for seven point five billion dollars. Um, they have not confirmed that games will be exclusive. Any future games will be exclusive only to Xbox, Uh, but they have mentioned that anything that Bethesda and a ZeniMax associated uh, publisher or developer puts out will be on both PC and Xbox. It'll be on Game Pass and Xbox, uh, the Xbox service. So that's a win for consumers, kind of, depends on how they approach the PS5 issue. Yeah. Um, but guess what that means for those of you who really love uh, a very certain game developed by a bunch of former Black Isle developers cool. um, Obsidian was also purchased by Xbox last mm. year Obsidian developed Fallout New Vegas yep. which is my favorite Fallout game ever and I loved the original two Fallout games the very first two, Fallout New Vegas is now owned by the same company that owns the Fallout IP. Yeah. So, we could potentially see a Fallout New Vegas 2? Maybe? <laughs> please? For the love of fucking Christ, please? As
3: as Mal also points out, um, Microsoft now owns um, Skyrim and all that jazz. They
0: own Elder Scrolls, yeah.
3: They own Elder Scrolls as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's Skyrim, oh. is the Elder yeah, Scrolls.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean Elder Scrolls as well as Fallout. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yes. Um, So
0: yeah, they now own Elder Scrolls. They also own uh, Id. They own Doom. Oh, shit, so they do? Yeah. <laughs> they own Doom. So, yeah. Uh, and a bunch of other games. A bunch of other fairly high-profile yeah. games in the last decade. They own a sh- they have just bought a very, that very is a large, large company. Yeah, but the problem is, is that, um, yeah, they uh, they bought that and they got all the associated problems that come with it too. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, let's see, um, Fallout seventy six. They own Fallout seventy six, guys.
3: <laughs> uh, that game was a mess
0: <laughs> which you know i've heard is actually they've actually done a lot of work on it so good on them but at the same time i mean time... it was a mess <laughs> fallout 4 and fallout 76
4: <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs>
0: oh god hilarious um so the last story was something that's near and dear to my heart the very last yeah. thing i want to talk about um is the Last Stand patch has been released for Left 4 Dead 2. So this is big is a big deal for Valve uh, and for Valve in general, because The Last Stand is not a Valve-made patch. The Last Stand is a, is a collection of community-based fixes that was a sort of meta patch developed by the community to stabilize the game and fix a lot of problems associated with it, because if you've ever played a Source game or a Source Engine two game, you know there's a lot of problems every time. Yep. always there's a lot of problems, and Left for Dead two is was not unique in that aspect. Um, if you've ever played Portal two, there is it's not Source two.
3: That's correct. Um, sorry, um, it wasn't. Wasn't one of the maps on Left 4 Dead, like Left for Dead 2, like impossible to complete?
0: Uh, there are ones that the director can make the game impossible to complete, yes. But they fixed that one. Like, I think they actually fixed that one a while back. There are a couple of things where it can just absolutely fuck you over, but this is mostly related to bugs and inconsistencies with the game and things like that. This was making the game more stable and more balanced. This is not like, Oh, you can't charge them off this cliff or you can't smoke or somebody off of XYZ. This was designed to make things more fair and balanced to fix known glitches and bugs associated with the game. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I love it. It's fantastic. Then um, this is the first left for dead patch we've gotten in a very long time. Uh, a lot of people basically consider left for dead to left for dead. Uh, half life, half life 2, portal. Um, they consider those ga- uh, TF2. Sorry, TF2 was the other one I was thinking of. They basically consider those games to basically be life supported legacy content. Yeah. And so the community got together and built fixes for it. And they fixed the game that Valve never fixed. <laughs> Um, so this is the first patch we've seen for Left 4, 2 in a, Left 4 Dead 2 in a long time, and it is the first community patch that has officially been recognized and published by Valve as an official patch. As far as I am aware, Which as far is as LB and I are aware. Cool. Yeah. Um, this gives great hope for um, TF2, because there is a similar community patch for TF2. I believe it's uh, Calm Fortress 2 or something like that. Um... Uh, so Com Trist, 3 Com, uh, Team Comtrist 2 is I think what it's called uh, and it's a similar community based patch that fixes a lot of inconsistencies with TF2 so uh, Portal 3 never, um, Left 4 Dead 3 never, Half-Life 3 we called it Alex and it's not really a Half-Life game but good luck <laughs> uh, uh, okay
3: well at least no Portal Valve 2 content is not,
0: <laughs> Valve, is not in the, Valve is not in the business of making games anymore Artifact I'm telling you right now, Artifact fucked them over, and the fact that CSGO prints money, they don't give a shit. I'm just <sighs> saying that right now. I know. CS:GO I love Portal money, games, and, though. They're still yeah. good. They're very good, yes. Um. So that's going to be the most of the news. So, yes, this is shorter than last week's news, because last week's news went almost two fucking hours. Okay? Um. So... We're going to talk about uh, Afterlives at this point. Um, all four of the Afterlife shorts have been revealed, have been released. Um, in order, it was Bastion, Maldraxxus, Ardenweald, Revendreth. Yep. So um, we talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, the first one is Bastion. Bastion covers the story of Uther, his fall uh, very quickly deaf.
3: for anyone who hasn't watched any of these afterlife trailers um, if you're listening on go the watch Twitch them. chat uh, maybe stop listening and if you don't you know, care you don't if you do care stop listening if you don't care go uh, if you're on the podcast stream pause go watch them then come back yeah um so really the, worth watching they're
0: actually worth watching and it. it's only about 15 to 20 minutes worth of content so yeah, yeah. it's less than 20 minutes worth of content um the first one is Bastion that covers Uther, his death at the hands of Arthas. And his rebirth inside of Bastion in the Shadowlands as a Kyrian. And the, yeah, um, his rising to become a Kyrian and Arthas's eventual downfall and how they just were like, yeah, fuck the police. And they threw him straight into the mall without a trial, basically.
3: Yeah, they um, they full on just skipped the arbiter, just grabbed his soul and
0: dumped him. So the whole conceit with uh, Bastion is that there is an arbiter that judges souls as they pass, as they die, and they assign them where they go,
3: essentially. Yep. Yeah, so they'll either be sent to Bastion, or they'll be sent to Revendreth, or uh, Draxus, or, or wherever, yeah, or so the Maw if they're
0: irredeemable. Yep.
3: Yeah, wherever wherever they. The yeah, wherever they are supposed to be. The arbiter sends them there so that they can live out their afterlife. But Uther's, uh,
0: Uther's big brother, big sister decided that yeah, fuck that shit. We're gonna just put him straight in the maw. We're gonna get you some vengeance, motherfucker.
3: No, no, uh, no, no, no. If you ask Uther, is justice justice? <laughs> if you ask Uther, is justice justice demands retribution?
0: Um. Uh, so, yeah, no, Arthas dies, they get his soul first, and just yeet him straight into the maw. Yep. No no jury, no anything. And uh, then they are confronted by the Arbiter, and the Arbiter's like, this is not the way the system works. And that's where you get the famous like, THE SYSTEM IS BROKEN! Oh no, that was first. That was first, that was first, you're right. Well, yep. the system is broken.
3: The system, because the system, because the, because the is system, the the broken.
0: broken, that's what they did. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's some shit.
3: Um, Uther is a zealot now. Yep, Uther is batshit crazy now. Mm. Um, so where do we think Arthas would have went? Do we think he would have went to the mall?
4: Mm.
3: Or I don't know. Would no, he have, I think would Uther
4: he have fr- ended up
0: in Revendreth? I think Arthas would have ended up in Revendreth probably, or Maldraxxus. I don't think I could he would have gone I don't think he I would could have gone. See both. I think he would have either gone to Maldrax to uh, Revendreth to repent for his crimes, or he would have gone to Maldraxxus because he was just so connected to that sort of aesthetic and that life. And I think he would have made uh, a good general in the armies.
3: Mal says Maldraxxus. War says Revendreth. I. Think I Revendreth. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say Revendreth. I agree with War. War oh Revendreth. no. LB, are you
0: including the, like, five minutes of dead air they include at the end of every single episode?
3: <laughs> Sir, you have lied to me. They're 21 minutes, 42 seconds long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think Arthas, personally, I think Arthas, I honestly think he might have ended up in Maldraxxus. Just because he was a leader of men, he was a general, he was a king, I think he would have ended up in Maldraxxus, personally. But I think it's safe to say... For all
3: of us, he would not have been yeeted into the maw. I don't think
0: he would have been immediately
3: yeeted into the maw. No, yeah. I, I I agree with that. I I do think he I do think he would have went to Um Revendreth. Revendreth uh, to atone for everything. Um, yeah. that or be used as an anima battery.
0: Yeah, one of the two. But the thing is, is that that's the problem. Is that Arthas was not a prideful person. He was not. He didn't have those kind of flaws. He just knew he was right. That's prideful, though. That's not pride. That's not strictly pride. Eh,
3: It's not strictly not, though. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a how do you that's a a fine line. That's a really fine line to walk.
0: It's a very delicate line to walk. Yes, and that's why that's why all of us have a different opinion about this.
3: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, (laughs) Jesus. I re- the thing is, I I do kind of hope that we f- that we find out where he would have went. It would. I I really want to know where he would have ended up.
0: Draxus as a as a general and a fighter, I think he would have ended up in Maldraxxus personally.
2: War. There's a line between self confidence and pride, though.
3: But I- they can bleed. They can bleed into each other. Yeah. Yes, they can. Which I think why... I think he was too
0: cold to feel pride in what he did. I think he just simply knew it was the correct path. To him, it was the correct path.
4: Yeah.
0: Now, uh, War is mentioning that um, uh, he thinks that our, uh, Uther has been corrupted by the Rune Blade when it plunged into his chest. So, what we saw. Um, and it's persuaded him to intervene with Arthas because the Jailer wants Arthas for a reason. Maybe Sylvanas wants more payback. I don't think so. So what you see, if you watch the Bastion video, and Chris and I mentioned this very specifically when we were both watching it, I think it's in one of the old podcast episodes. Yep. Um, when you see that scene of Arthas plunging the rune blade, Frostmourne, into Uther's chest, you see two separate souls split off of Uther. Yep,
3: One you yellow, see, one blue.
0: The yellow one goes to Bastion. the... Goes to Bastion. The blue one is absorbed into Frostmourne. Two separate, two separate parts of Uther. Yeah, and that's why Uther is still injured while he's in Bastion when he opens his tunic and he shows that he still has a gaping, jagged wound because his soul has been split. His soul has been now, sundered.
3: The, lo- the at least the, for me, the logic on it is that the part of Uther that is caring, forgiving, understanding that makes Uther who Uther is. Ended up, up in Frostmore. Yeah, yeah. That's the part that ended up
0: in Frostmore, and that you have his blind zealousness and his blind justice and his retribution and reckoning is the part what that ended is up in Bastion. In Bastion.
3: Which is which is why he couldn't. Which is why the part yeah, that Sebastian couldn't go through with the normal process that everyone goes through in Bastion and forgetting who he was and just becoming this sentinel. Yep. So the 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 zealot. That is Uther that we see in ba- that we see in the Bastion short is a part of Uther that could have happened if the other part of him was never there.
0: Yeah, it is the worst parts of Uther that we are seeing the most. Yeah, most. Um, this is the most zealous, the most pious, the most just very black and white.
3: Now the thing is, and, and were well, in the in the actual short, he. Uther asked the light to save his soul that's mm-hmm. what the light did it saved as much of his soul as it could it just saved the worst parts of him mm-hmm. that was the problem the the best the, the parts that made Uther the 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 being that we all know and loved from Warcraft 3 and from the parts in uh, ICC that we see him that is that gets dragged into frostmourne everything else just gets taken away and that's where we that's where the zealot comes from
0: yeah, No, 100%. I we're, we're on the same page there. Yep. Um no, 100%. Um I think that yes, where you do have a it, it is a interesting point like Frostmourne has pulled the good portions of Uther out of him, uh just like how Arthas had the good sucked out of him. Uh, to become the Lich King, but I don't think it's quite as elementary with that because Arthas, the man, was consumed by grief and rage and the want to do what is right at any cost.
3: The want to protect his kingdom.
0: Yeah, Arthas consumed himself. Arthas purged the good out of him because he thought that was the only course of action that could save his people, and that is what turned him and corrupted him to Ner'zhul's whispers.
3: Arthas being just and good is what caused Arthas to become the Lich King. Yep, uh, it's because blind,
0: blind, and determination is just as bad as anything else.
3: Yep, it is. Easy, you're easily corruptible with yep. blind determination. Yep.
0: So I think that that I think that is what we're seeing going on right now with the Uther side of things. Um. I think that we're going to see uh, some interesting stuff come out of that whole aspect of the storyline. And we also know that uh, that whole short is literally the only reason Izzy is coming back to playing the
4: game. Today,
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the entire reason for Izzy's return is because Arthur's got yeeted into the mall. <laughs> and we have a chance to find him.
2: And, carry, uh... and then carry sip tea.
3: Yep. Oh, that tea-sipping gif is just the worst, but also the best.
2: Oh, I know. (laughs) It's like, he's my best friend, and every time he uses that, I just want to slap him silly. Because it's like, I know you know shit that you can't say, and oh my god, stop torturing me! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh... so, let's go ahead and
0: move on to the next short. Because yep. I think I think we're all kind of vaguely in agreement about the overarching things that happen in the Bastion Short. Right, yeah. am, I, am I right there?
3: I would agree. Yeah. Okay. So the second, which by the way, hit... and okay, rate the Bastion Short uh, uh, out of ten. Eh. Seven out of ten. Eight out of ten. I'd give it an eight. I'd give it a solid eight. Nath, mm. yeah, but eight. Yes. I'd say seven or eight personally. <laughs> Yeah, okay. It, it's pretty fucking good is what we're saying. Um,
0: So the second short we ended up getting was Maldraxxus, which yes. a lot of people did not think was as good as Bastion, but I think set up so much more comparative to the Bastion
5: short.
3: Yes, I would agree it set up a lot more. I do think just visually, it wasn't as good as the Bastion one, but that's because yeah. we had Arthas. The thing is with
0: the Maldraxxus short, it sets up a lot of little... Little nuggets of stuff that could potentially, yeah. like, if you're paying a lot, yeah, you're paying very close attention to it, it could be huge. Um, so Madraxis co- huge, huge. Uh, so Madraxis covers the story of Draka, Brawl's mother, the original mm-hmm. Draka, the the original Draka from the mainline timeline. As far as we know, it is the mainline yeah. timeline. Draka, I
2: mean, do we have that confirmed? Which Draca it is? Does or... Draca
3: die in? Wad? Draka doesn't die in Ward, ah. as far as I know. Though she has passed away by the time Maghar or orcs are a thing. Okay, I have literally. Well, and the thing is, is that
0: we see her and Duratan mm. being struck down in the Maldraxxus short, so we know that confirms it's and it's we see Ever-Kra. a crying infant. It's it's mainline timeline Draka, yeah, um, <clears throat> who is raised uh, and judged to be going to. Maldraxxus where she becomes a member of the House of Eyes which is the intelligence agency the secret service for the Maldraxxus army
3: which let's be honest if you think Draca you don't think sneaky sneaky rogue yeah you don't think sneaky (laughs) sneaky
0: rogue um but she becomes part of the intelligence wing of the basically the Shadowlands army so Maldraxxus is the army of the Shadowlands they are the immune system as it's been put Their job is to purge things that do not belong to the Shadowlands or uh, to prevent the Shadowlands itself from going into all-out war, civil war amongst itself. Yes. Um, So she is part of the House of Eyes, which is basically the intelligence-gathering service for the Maldraxan army. Um she goes on a series of missions and one of those missions is what i was talking about earlier Uh with uh the weirdness so in the beginning a lot of people were like oh blizzard reused a an art asset for this short that's so fucking lazy of you blizzard oh
3: and i was on
0: that that bandwagon i was on that bandwagon i was on that bandwagon for a for a short bit
2: i don't think. i i any if they're gonna reuse something they're reusing it with purpose
0: I was not thinking strictly on that. I was like, "Oh well, that's just lazy as fuck." I remember that from the Illidan cinematic. Well, the thing is, if you pay a little bit more attention, and you pay a little bit more oh, attention strictly to what's happening, a reuse. it's not strictly a reuse because you see the same felguards there, the same layout, the same layout, same felguards. It is the exact same image. It is the exact mm-hmm. same image they used from the original, from the Illidan, from the Illidan uh, Demon Hunter shorts, mm-hmm. but. There's a second shot that looks from behind those same Felguards and it looks out and sees a Verdant world. Hmm? It sees a green, healthy world. This is where we start getting into time travel fuckery. Um, Because we all know that the Shadowlands doesn't operate at the same way that the mainline world does in terms of time. Wobbly wobbly, timey wamey. Yeah. So, the belief is, is that Raka is potentially. Well, that's that's the thing, War, is that this is some time travel fuckery potentially, because the Shadowlands doesn't flow in time at the same rate and the same way that the mainline universe does.
2: Does it flow in time at all? Maybe it exists outside of time. We don't know. Actually. We
0: literally have no idea. Um. So the thought process is, is that they were gathering information at the beginning of, of the legion before nathraza was destroyed and became a blighted hellscape and ruined wasteland because the belief is that she's on nathraza g- gathering information
3: but that also you need to re- the bigger the bigger point there as well is that clearly beings from the shadowlands can leave the shadowlands yes and that too impact the prime material
2: Yeah,
0: so that's That's a major thing. (laughs) That's a big thing, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a bit of a dun-dun-dun.
0: Because we know Nathraza was a planet. We know Nathraza was a planet. Was a place. That's where the Dreadlords are from. Of course, then we're going to get to Revendreth, and that's just going to make all of that maybe not
3: pertinent at all,
0: in the slightest.
3: Oh, no, there, there's a potential for some of the Revendreth stuff to make that even more pertinent um, that you and I need to talk about after the show. yeah. Um, um, so we can talk about it next
0: time. So eventually, <laughs> the House of Eyes is destroyed, and Draka is betrayed and attacked. Um, her, The master of the House of Eyes, the, the Baron of the House of Eyes, is killed and their ziggurat is destroyed. Uh, Draka delivers a very pertinent piece of information to the leader of the Maldraxons. I think the overall leader of the Maldraxans, or one of the other Maldraxan leaders. House of... Chosen. House
3: Chosen? of the
0: Chosen. House of the yeah. Chosen, how's House of the Chosen. Delivers the information to the House of the Chosen, because she was charged by the Baron of the House of the Eyes to deliver this information to the House of the Chosen. Because chosen and eyes work very close worked very closely together. Um, and she is she is basically houseless at this point, which is a big deal in the shot in Maldraxis. Like you are associated with the house, that is what you are, and so she is adopted into the house of the chosen. And she is now helping lead one of the armies of the house of the chosen. So mm-hmm. There's a lot of fuckery going on in that short. There's so much fuckery going on in that short that it's kind of I kind of lost my my train there a couple of
3: times. One thing I will say about the Maldraxxus short and the Bastion short, if the fact that they were released one after the other, they are completely opposite of each other in regards to the path of their main characters. Mm-hmm. Uther obviously struggling with everything that's happening to Being him when he is now. Yeah and draka embracing it to the yep. fullest yep. But going from where she was a warrior of the of the of the frost wolves to a spy and an assassin of the house of eyes um just completely embracing it from from one extreme of uther uh just hating everything to a complete this is me now i lo- i loved how it was such a, a an amazing cross-section just from those two shorts t- together Um, yeah, and it's just like, um,
0: I lost my train there for a second there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. No, it's Crash. It's Crash's fault. Um, <laughs> it's Crash's fault. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting dichotomy. You know, she's taking that, that dual class barbarian rogue really seriously. Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Ardenweald. Um, Ardenweald was backfucker. the third. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. The fucker. Ardenweald, the one that broke me. And broke Arlie as well, too. Broke a lot of people. Broke yeah. a lot of people, this one. So, Ardenweald starts in the Emerald Nightmare. Ardenweald starts in the Emerald Nightmare. And it is... Yep. Malfurion standing over the broken form of Ursok the Great Bear. Ursoc, if you did not play during Legion, Ursoc was one of the bosses in uh, Emerald Nightmare, which was Xavius' corruption of the Emerald Dream as he attempted to take over the Emerald Dream. Yep. Um, yeah, so you have to kill Ursoc in that event. Well, Ursoc is a wild god, he is, a, he is an ancient primordial spirit uh, associated with nature. And where do ancient primordial spirits of nature go when they die? Ardenwield. Ardenwield. Back to nature, back to the nature balance of uh Oh, oh, poor Mal. Oh, Oh. she didn't
3: connect. Oh no. She didn't
0: make it didn't make sense to her. Oh, oh dear. Oh no. Oh (laughs)
3: Oh. Oh. So for people listening on the podcast, um Mal has just connected what actually happened in that short. In the, in the short, yeah. Oh, Mal has oh. just oh, Mal. realized what it meant. Oh, Mal, honey, Mal. There,
2: there's a reason why I like ugly cried. <laughs>
3: <sighs> um, so Ursak, uh,
0: descends to the Shadowlands or ascends, however you want to put it, um, and goes to Ardenweald, where one of the tenders, one of the Grovekeepers, uh, takes his soul in and plants it back within a seed so that he can nurture um nurture this the wild spirit back and return it back to nature because that's what happens wild gods don't truly die wild gods are like loa they do not truly die yep um they just fade away and then are reborn back into the world I, we're not counting hakar okay we're not counting hakar lb or when, or when a troll drains their Loa of all of its energy. We're not counting any of that. Yeah, Ursok is pretty fucking dead now. Let right. us get to it, LB. Let us get to it, Elby. Let me get to it. Wild gods do not truly die in the material world. They don't truly die. They just simply fade back mm-hmm. to Ardenweald and the wilds. And where they are given a chance to basically regenerate and be reborn into the world. And this happens to Goldrin, and it happens to a bunch of the other wild gods, various. scenarios
3: Scenarius happened to plenty of them.
0: Yeah, And Scenarios is weird because he's half wild god, half demigod, so that's weird with him too. Yeah. So yeah. But that, temp- that happens to Keepers of the Grove. Um, happens to the wild gods when they die. Um Ursoc dies, and he goes into a seat. The the Keeper of the Grove, the Tender, um, cares for it, and their job is to basically make sure that there's balance in nature. So, real quick, Anima is the resource that powers the Shadowlands.
3: Yeah. Anima comes from um, mortal souls. Mortal souls,
0: yeah. Um, And... So Maldraxxus doesn't really use anima in the same way. They still need it to feed their armies to keep their armies going. Bastion needs anima, but they get tithed anima because they judge the souls and send them where they're supposed to go. Maldraxxus receives a tithe of anima because they are the army and they are the defense for the planet. Or the the realm, the plane. Um, Ardenweald receives anima just sort of passively through nature. And yeah so shit happens a drought happens a drought of anima happens and the grove keeper has to begin culling his grove and he's selecting and trying to keep alive what he can tending and nurturing it until the winter queen arrives gives him a choice gives him a choice For the good of all Ardenweald this grove must be culled or Ardenweald itself will not survive. And the Grovekeeper realizes that he's been fighting very hard to keep this keep his grove tended and living and still going. And he's given a choice by his queen. And it's not a choice she gives lightly. It's not a choice that she wants to give him, but he has to make a choice
3: and it's a choice she will respect
0: whatever regardless regardless of choice of what he, he chooses yeah. um and <sighs> he makes the he makes the great sacrifice and gives up his grove so that ardenweald itself can thrive and continue going for a short for a period of time and you see that last sequence of that short is the the pod that he had been tending the most carefully Ursok's pod just kind of fade out and disappear go dark. And Ursoc is dead dead for
3: real real, not for play play.
5: Yeah, for real real.
3: Um So that's 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 an
0: Azerothian world god gone. Yep, one of the primordial gods of Azeroth gone. Not a not the primordial gods, but one but, of the primordial it, yeah,
3: gods. Yeah, one of the one of the wild gods that are from Azeroth, that is part of the world, part of nature just gone.
0: Part of the tamed wild like, god. Yep. Yeah. So part of the <laughs> We're tamed, down part of the tamed so part of the tamed wild. So this actually feeds in to some really interesting stuff that they explored in Chronicles. Do you remember the difference between planets that have a world soul and don't have a world
3: soul? Chris? Uh planets that have a world soul typically have a typically have no spirit on the on the actual planet, uh, on the plane. Uh, other planets that do have a world soul are abundant in spirit
0: yes because all the spirit goes into the world soul so the fact that we had wild gods was weird Says that there's a ridiculous quantity of spirit present on Azeroth
3: yeah because it was able to support
0: wild gods the elemental spirits and and it was able to support and a world soul yeah crazy amount of spirit Uh, which you know what could be another name for spirit Chris
3: uh, uh, I'm not good with the I'm not good with the with those things. Anima.
2: Oh. Wait, what? Oh. I missed something. Anima can also be used
0: as a as a substitute for spirit in some in some uh, ways of speaking. Anima is kind of a substitute for spirit in some mythologies.
3: I, I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. So, Azeroth is a planet that is incredibly
0: rich in anima. Enough to support a world soul, the elemental gods, and the wild gods, and the, the world, world dream F- itself.
3: Anima, yep. mana, spirit, they're all the same thing.
0: Yep. So that's a crazy sort of connection to make there, you know, because it talks specifically in Chronicle of Draenor not having a world soul.
3: And being abundant rich of spirit. In,
0: rich in spirit. Rich in spirit, rich in spirit.
3: Everywhere to the point yeah, where if... You it- have, Mm-hmm. Go if it wasn't for Agrimar's intervention uh, Draenor would have been overwhelmed with just the plant plant life just taking mm-hmm. over all yep. the batani yeah, the batani, that was it they would have taken over and just yep. or the element or,
0: or the elemental spirits yep. so it's crazy that we've got these very powerful elemental spirits that reside on Azeroth, it's crazy that we have all this other stuff going on, so it's just absolutely bonkers. It's bonkers, bonkers, bonkers crazy. Um, So, that's something to chew
3: on there, Chris. Yeah, but um, the other thing we were talking about in regards to this short specifically is what it did to our theory.
4: Uh-huh.
3: uh Our theory of, the, of when the machine of death broke.
0: So, we've been given some drip-fed information from Blizzard. Where we know that um we know that Sarah, uh when she dies in Valshara and Legion, spoilers like four years late, um we know that she is she has been confirmed as one of the last souls to pass through the Shadowlands as they were intended to pass through the Shadowlands. So sorted and judged to go where she go, where she is supposed to go, which is Ardenweald in her case. So this gives us a little bit further information and confirms, because Arden, because uh, Valshara happens during, so Emerald Nightmare happens during the timeline of Valshara. Mm-hmm. We know that. That happens concurrently yep. within that time frame. Because basically, once he Sarah dies, we finish investigating the corruption in Valshara, we immediately go in and we purge Xavius and we purge the corruption from Valshara. Bilginoth, yep. Xavius, all that stuff. Um... So that tells us a piece of information because we know Ursok goes to the Shadowlands as well. And he goes to Ardenweald where he's supposed to go. Yep. So we know that we can move the timeline up from the middle of Valshura, it to the end of Valshara. So the canon timeline for Legion, the canon zone progression of Legion is Zuna, Valshara, Stormheim, Suramar. Am I missing something? High Mountain. High Mountain. High Mountain and then Stormheim. So it goes Broken Shore, Azuna, Valshara, High Mountain, Stormheim, Suramar. Wow. Okay, um that's the canon timeline. God damn it, Mal. Um canon timeline for it happens in that way. So we know that God damn it! Now it's stuck in my fucking head.
3: Jesus Christ, Mel.
0: Yeah, it's stuck in my head now. Um, we know <sighs> that the engine of death breaks at some point between the end of Legion, uh, specifically the uh, Antorus raid. Yep, and Valshara, and and the Emerald Nightmare. So we know that it happens at some point between there. So that's been able, that's how Chris and I have basically gotten to our theory that there are three major events that could have caused this, and we've talked four. about this on a previous, four, sorry. We've talked about this on a previous podcast. It's, yep. um, Sylvanas it's- making her deal with Helia and the breaking of the soul, uh, soul lantern. Yep, that's one. Uh, Gul'dan's death, alternate timeline Gul'dan's death. That's two. Um. Helya's death. Helia's death. death three,
3: um, And Argus's
0: death. And Argus's death, yes. So those are the four major events that we've been able to pinpoint that tell us when the machine
3: of death may have been broken. The machinery so it, of death. It, it, and, def- well. it varies between... It varies, I think you and I are pretty similar on what we think it is. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think... I think it was... I think it was a combination. I think it was the breaking of... The shattering of the soul lamp. Sh- shattering of the soul lamp and Helia's death. Are co- the combination of the two are what broke it. And that's what sent Helia to the mall. I think Helia was going to go to the mall regardless. Helia was not going to go to the mall regardless. Helia's death would have sent her straight back to Helheim. Oh, yeah, that's right. She would have gone back to Helheim. But Helia needed, is- needed the machine to break to go to the mall. She worked <laughs> out of Helheim. That was her plan.
0: The, yeah, that's a possibility. But the the a theory that a lot of people have also floated is that the mall Helheim is part of the mall.
3: Helheim is its own separate little thing because it's its own, Odin. It's, it's, it's Odin right made cool a, hell. yes. Odin made a deal with the Arbiter to get his own thing. Yeah. Helheim has Hellheim has nothing to do with the mall. Hel, Helia was forcibly tied to the mall as his gatekeeper. Helia wanted out as a gift from odin as a gift from odin as a punishment to helia helia wanted out the breaking of the lantern and her inevitable death i think are what broke the machine and what sent her to hell to the mall instead of back to ellen yeah because we're basically in agreement that alternate universe Gul'dan's dan's death probably didn't do it yeah because as far because as far as we know all universes tie into the Shadowlands. So multiple versions of Gul'dan die all the time. The problem we have is that we don't know how
0: they interact with the Shadowlands. We don't know... If it's one bonds all together. Or if another Gul'dan die just stuff into this one. Yeah, um, or if we might run into... Slightly in timeline. Hmm. We don't know what... How that worked. There could be two Drakas
3: running around. There could be, could be two... D- there are towns running around.
0: Zirotan die? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Zirotan. And dies. Mainline Mainlander caught up, and crazy zealot uh, Urel deals with that. That's why we don't have Duritan. I played the Maghar scenario. I don't remember them mentioning Duritan was dead. I'm pretty sure Duritan's dead. And if he ain't dead, if he wasn't dead by the end of the scenario, he's definitely dead now because they fucking took over. He's either crazy zealot Duritan or dead Zur- Duritan. I think he might be crazy zealot
0: Duritan.
1: That's just me.
3: Either way. He is no longer the Dura town we know
1: there <laughs> yep
0: so yeah we still need to talk about Revendreth
4: <laughs> yeah we do
0: we still need to talk about Revendreth which is the most recent one and the last one which is a master class in just Jesus Christ it is a master class in fucking subtle mustache twirling
3: yeah that was the most mustache twirly but also, it's just so fucking good about it. It was great. So Revendreth is basically
0: uh, Sire Denathrius mm-hmm. dictating a letter um, relating to uh, the anima drought and the shortage. And
3: now, it's one of those classic things where it's like, now the are saying, huh? as a point, that's not Sire Denathrius talking. Who is that talking? As far as I know, it's... Uh, oh my god, what's the boss's name? Seth, help me out here.
2: <laughs> uh, as far as you know, it's the prince talking. Yeah, it's the prince talking. But we don't know that because they don't clarify.
3: The only thing we know is that that is not the voice actor for Denathris. Uh...
0: Uh, I'm checking now. I, I'm sorry. I apologize to everybody. Um, so the MMO Champion article says, specifically, Sire Denathrius, Master of Reverend death, takes a moment out of his busy day to assure his citizens that despite the mysterious drought that plagues their realm, he has taken steps to ensure that they will prosper, as long as their faith remains absolute.
3: I get what they're saying. It's from, be- from, from Beta, from Beta and for that, it honestly is two different voice actors. Or Denathrius, if that's the case,
0: then. um, Just saying. I'm just saying, like, supposedly that may be Sire Denathrius.
3: I'm just saying it's, it's two different voice actors, if that's the case. Yeah, so long story short, long
0: story short, it is a, it is a wonderful masterclass in using voice, versus uh versus what it shows you because the cinematic sequences the animatic sequences they use are completely opposite of what is being said by the voice um which is why it's so good (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's very good, but it's just basically the elite of Revendreth are living in 1920s prosperity, like Roaring Twenties, while the Depression's going on around them. He's talking about the Depression and how we're all going to pull together through this, but it's showing you Great Gatsby fucking waterfalls of champagne. and Anima.
2: I was, I was kind of yeah. getting the whole French Revolution vibe from it. The let them the, eat the, cake. <laughs> uh,
0: the noblesse oblige,
2: as Mal puts it, and that's correct.
0: Oblige. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of just sort of setting up the whole tone for Revendreth as a people. Revendreth is the overall information brokers. They are the information service. They are the intelligence agency for the entirety of the Shadowlands. They are also, also, they are the prime source of anima. They are the farmers. Uh, for... <sighs> Uh, the Shadowlands they take the anima and refine it and package it to send them to send it to the other
3: realms of the Shadowlands and they have some anima batteries old reliables I believe they were called yep the old reliables
0: Um, so we also get a sequence which everybody was calling because there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of hints to this in the original cinematic short they did to announce these animatics, uh, but Garrosh shows up. Yep, Garrosh is being chained in a basement and being drained of mana of anima because he is a prideful son of a bitch and refuses to um, uh, refuses to basically change. Uh, so the whole the whole theme of Revendreth is that. They are there to make help people atone for their sins. Um, uh, Revendreth's whole purpose is to rehabilitate souls that are considered to be too far gone, but not far gone enough that they would need to go to the mall. Yep, and the whole process of it. Is that you're supposed to help drain this negative, these negative emotions, and have them basically admit what they did was wrong and seek forgiveness, essentially, and and admit that they were wrong. Um. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Garrosh will not admit he was wrong and he was, did bad things because in Garrosh's mind, he did everything. He did, he did needed nothing to wrong. Do. Yeah. He did nothing. Garrosh,
3: the thing is. The thing is. Yes, Garrosh did nothing wrong in regards to the fact that he was left in charge and completely out of his fucking league. But Garrosh did everything wrong. That's Which, the, that's the conundrum there. Yeah, that's kind of the problem too, yeah. He
0: but did Garrosh, everything wrong. Garrosh did nothing it,
3: wrong. Garrosh, yeah, exactly. He did everything wrong in what he did, but he did nothing wrong in the fact that he shouldn't have been put in charge in the first place.
0: Well, the problem is is that also um I, I went back and I found a couple of YouTube videos and an old Blizzard Watch podcast where they talked to the guy who wrote Garrosh initially. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he changed mid-development and I wrote him wrong for the scenario. I wrote He wrote, he wrote the Stone Talon scenario.
3: Oh, I love the Stone Talon. He wrote it's him. Such a good he, he did that one,
0: but he wrote it wrong because they had changed gears on Garrosh at that point already they were already trying to set him up as a villain kind of and so he's like i wrote him completely wrong for that
3: cuz i didn't pay attention to my own prompts but it's such a good story stone talon honestly if you've never if you've never played through Horde Side stone talon do it it's so fucking good yeah and it, it it gives you it gives you an idea of the Garrosh we could have get we could have got if it wasn't for the fact that they wanted to make him a villain mm. If they wanted to push Garrosh in a completely different direction, Stone Talon was what we could have got. Yep. A a very harsh but fair, honor-bound leader of the Horde. Yes, and I think that... I, I like the direction they went with Garrosh overall. I think there was a lot of problems with it, but overall, I could see what they were trying to do. I think it made for a compelling character
0: if they had just been able to develop him a little bit more rather than just yes. giving him like an expansion and a half, and then
3: it's like, oh, nope, well, LOL, evil. Yeah, that's the problem. They, they 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 didn't flesh it out enough, but mm-hmm. the overall idea of the story were, was was pretty good. The overall idea. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been really interesting purely because of Stone Town to see that other direction for Garrosh. Yep, it would have been so interesting to see. Because now, if ugh. you've ever done,
0: um, what is it? I think it is the Magheart scenario where. The we're Coral straws—it's—and that's not coral straws. It's uh, one of the one of the bronze dragons where they're priming the beacon to send you back to Draenor. Uh-huh. Uh, if you do the Maghar thing, one of them is it takes you back to uh, Vale of Eternal Blossoms and the raid against corrupted Garrosh. And he sees Garrosh down there, and he's just like Garrosh. In every other timeline, he was considered one of the greatest leaders of the Horde. And in this one, we got the absolute worst.
3: I did not notice that. And yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to the fact that I haven't unlocked Maghar orcs on my US account yet, so I can do that again.
0: Yep. Yeah, he specifically calls out that Garrosh could have been, in almost every other timeline, Garrosh was considered one of the greatest war chiefs the Horde has ever seen. But we just happened to get the absolute worst version of him. So yeah, it kind of sets up that Garrosh, you know, was a very
3: complex character and
0: could have been a lot better than he ended up being. Yeah, unfortunately.
3: Um, but yeah, it's, uh, war pieces wise, Kil'Thas not old reliable. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll yep. see. You'll see if if you want to if you want to find out why, go through the uh, Ravencrest storyline. It's very yeah.
0: very good. You'll have to go through the Ravencrest storyline for that.
3: Um, uh, specifically, the Venthyr
0: Covenant. Yep, Venthyr Covenant. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so some shit's going on with Revendreth, and they are lying to everybody.
3: But that, like, Seth made a really good comparison. Um, Where is it? He said Uh, COVID, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to scroll and find it. I've got it. Um, Funny, I was
0: thinking about COVID and how the upper class kept telling us that we're in this together.
3: Yeah, it's 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 such a really good comparison to actual real life that it's kind of terrifying. Well, it's also like, um, you go to California
0: and anytime they have a drought or something like that, uh, all the big businesses are just like, Oh, we're all part of this together. And yet they're still watering their almond orchards.
3: Yep. Mm.
0: Or their avocado farms or their wineries. They're still using more than their fair share.
3: So yeah, it's. uh, It's very much a nod to the class warfare in real life. Yep.
0: Um, Anarchy, break the system, fuck the 1%. Both WoW and real life. Yep. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's... So overall, we get a decent story. We get a decent grasp of the story that is Shadowlands through these shorts.
3: And I will, I will say the Shadowlands story has a potential to be some of the best storytelling Blizzard's done in a very long time,
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: which I'm really excited for because we haven't really had a se- severely like gripping story. I think Gina's
0: storyline on the Alliance side was gripping.
3: Meh. I think it went too fast. I think the, I think Jaina's story went too fast. I think it should have lasted longer than it did. It
0: lasted like two two patch cycles.
3: Jaina went from crazy warlord lady to oh, suddenly let's let's be good. Eh. It wasn't a suddenly let's be good. It's like I'm
0: having to do a lot of soul searching. I killed my father for the for what I for what I thought I wanted. She's still crazy as as a fucking shithouse rat, but <laughs> she's just more come to peace with what she is and who she is now.
3: Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that she's come to terms with who she is. I'll give you that.
2: I'll yeah. give you that she's still crazy as so a shithouse rat. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, she
0: makes peace with her, her mother. She finds out that her brothers are still alive. Spoilers, I guess, if you haven't played the Alliance side. But Tandred's alive, and Derek is
3: a forsaken. It wasn't Tandred, like, not actually going to be canon until, like, this expansion? Yes. Correct. Tandred was tangentially
0: canon. He's, I think, from a Knack book, unfortunately. He's one of, uh, one of of uh from one of Richard Knack's books, which, if you've ever read a Richard Knack book, they're terrible.
2: I mean, they're not all terrible. Seth, and that's why I agree that she's crazy as a shithouse rat.
3: Where did, did Gina check then when she was found guilty in BFA? Uh, she got sent to the Taldegar. Taldegar, yeah. yeah. But which was an Ashvin's control, so, you know, yeah, really that not was, good. That was a
0: whole thing. And it's not that she's like, we need to all work together at the end of BFA. No, she literally helps lead the assault on lore and helps kill Rostkon. Oh helps siege Lore and then single-handedly helps the Alliance fleet escape and then fights off an entire Horde raid by herself. And then escapes. And then escapes. It's not that she's, like, flipped on a dime, and she's like, I love the Horde now. No, she's just like, yeah, fuck all y'all.
2: She wants to green Jesus' dick. And when she finds out he's married and has kids, she's gonna flip again. She knows knows he's married
0: and has kids. She knows he's married. She knows who Agra is like she's agra agra
2: happened
3: happened before she went nuts yeah agra happened in cataclysm she went nuts between cataclysm and pandario okay fine um she still wants his dick um
0: she, she doesn't want his dick she's also told thrall like to his face that she wants nothing to do with him ever again she has told the leaders of the Horde that I don't want to deal with you. The only one she will deal with is Bane at this point.
3: I mean, I would and say... She, go ahead. I, I I would argue that because going through the end of the war campaign, she... Her and Thalestra ha- are having jokes and having good conversations between each other. Her and Lorthamar are having good conversations and jokes with each other. I would completely argue that she will only deal with Bane. Completely argue that, based on the war campaign. Yes,
0: and I, I, I apologize. Yes, she does have conversations with Belisra. Uh But at the same time, she also had good relations with Thalestra before the Nightborn joined the Horde. I would argue. Everybody says she flips back and forth. We're just going to go ahead and say fine. She flips back and forth about everything. She kind of does, though. That's the problem. That's Blizzard and poor writing. She's a compelling character. I think her
3: war campaign. I think her portion of the war campaign was fantastic. Gina, Gina, Gina has the potential to be one of the most compelling characters in this game. But they write her so poorly with what she with what with. She is she is Hillary Clinton. She flips back and forth more than fucking Hillary Clinton.
0: Yeah, she is unfortunately a narrative swivel. They do they do use her as a pivot point. Um, I think that. Yeah. Um, TLDR. TLDR. Um, shit is happening in game. Shit will be happening and going down in game. Yes. A lot of shit. Um, you have like these really interesting, compelling stories coming out of the Afterlife shorts. Um, you have, you, we have the reveal that Garrosh is in the Shadowlands and
3: Garrosh is being used, which Garrosh really doesn't fucking like. No, no, he's not up for being an anima battery. To, you he's can't not. really blame him though. He is not up for being anybody's servant,
0: anybody's slave.
4: yeah um I think I think that's about it I
0: think that's about all I really wanted to cover yeah <laughs> um our uh, Twitch chat is devolving <laughs> it is it has that's why we should just go ahead and get done with this yep. and be done and be it's gone devolving. it's devolving it's <laughs> Switch chat is devolving into Baron's chat.
2: Da, 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 into Booty Hall da, 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 being punched. Wife? Oh, God. Huh? Where's Mankirk's wife? Chuck. Where's Mankirk's wife?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Mankirk's wife? Uh, Chuck and Norris. We're getting, we're getting the rock Chuck rock Norris. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey! So, final thoughts about all of this, Neth.
2: I just can't wait for shit to go live and to actually get to play stuff and see the things that they have been keeping from us so far.
3: Um, Chris? I think um, Shadowlands has the potential to be some of the best storytelling Blizzard's done in a long time. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah. And it's. It, with the systems that they've got in place for alts, I'm looking forward to actually having four different covenants and four different storylines to go through.
0: Uh, my final thought is I can't wait for them to drop the ball and just fuck this all up.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, the... the No, the worst thing... You laugh. Here's the thing. You laugh. That is a giant potential when it comes I, to Blizzard.
2: But it's also such a fucking gav thing to say, which is why I laughed. It is a, a mean
4: thing.
0: thing to say. Um... All right. So, does anybody
3: have to do that or don't do that this week? Uh, Don't don't be Mal with her booty punching. That's just
2: (laughs) wow. Do be Mal because she's agreeing with all of my opinions. I don't know why Mal has so much love for me this week, but I'm there for it.
3: Fucking booty hole punching, Jesus! Um, And mine is do that
0: thing you do. Long quotes. Um, all right. <laughs> that is going to be the show this week. Um, we're going to go ahead and, uh, Chris, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a second. Uh, we're going to go ahead and plug Shady Wish right here, right before the end of the show.
5: Hey there. I'm Nick, or Nah for short. My guild, the Outcasts on Area 52, are planning to run a charity event that we're calling Shady Wish in honor of our guilty Shady, who sadly passed away in 2019. This is the second charity event the Outcasts have done, as we did the same for a guildie named Egon in 2016. His event, as some of you may remember, was called moose wish and raised over $6,000 for the Make-a-Wish Foundation, which was donated in his memory. Shady loved animals, and we felt it only appropriate that this event raise funds for a charity he would have loved to support. And so, we are carrying people through heroic Nazov to help bring attention to our fundraising efforts. Keep an eye out on r slash Wow subreddit for the upcoming post with all the relevant information, and I hope to see you in there.
3: Okay, that's Shady Wish.
5: Wonderful,
0: wonderful group of people. Uh, that is the Outcasts on Area Fifty One. Uh, Fifty Two. Fifty Two. Sorry, Area Fifty Two. <laughs> the Outcasts on Area Fifty Two. Um just a wonderful bunch of people. Um I'm not associated with them myself, but a lot of our uh Discord listeners are part of the guild or are, are no people from the guild.
2: As a part of my, I'm in the guild. Uh Me Chris too. is in the guild. Kevin's uh, in the guild. Bill, Kevin, Seth. Uh, I think Izzy is not sure who else, but they are an awesome group of people. Um care, who everybody hears us talk about all the time. He plays there, um, yeah, great group of people, and it's a great cause, yep.
0: So, um, that is gonna be our show for this week, folks. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Azeroth CTC. Mr. Kevin, of course, the man who's not with us this week is at Swing Cat, that is cat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore mag. I, of course, am at Gabriel underscore ET, that's two I's, one L. Neth is at NethWinch on Twitter. Send us emails to f- feedback at azorostc.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us live on Saturdays like we are right now when we record and stream the show here on ad- twitch.tv slash azorostc.com for links to today's show or any of the other pieces of information you may need. You can find the show uh, and find our notes over at www.azorostc.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or whatever. Today, have a good one, folks. Have a
3: good Have one.
2: A good one.